Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. This is our first show. Um, allow us a moment to introduce ourselves. Um, I'm Deontay Dunlap. And I'm Shakima Dunlap. And we're the Dunlaps. The Dunlaps. Um, want to talk a little about a little bit about why we're here, what brought us to this point. Um, Shakima and I have been been trying to figure out a way to do something to get together for so long because some of our best moments come from conversations we have and time that we spent together and you know those moments where connections are made you bring some ideas to life and you spark some intimacy between each other you know we challenge each other's thoughts and challenge each other to be the best versions of ourselves and, and no matter how that shows up and so we decided to that the best thing we could bring, one of the best things we could bring was a great conversation to the table, to talk about the things that matter, to explore ideas that make us better people. Um, I believe that as each of us strive to be better, if all of us do it as a collective, it gives permission to the broader community and the broader world to become better. And so, and this is our gift to the world. This is our attempt to leave our mark, to leave our place. Um, a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a technologist at heart. Um, I love technology. I believe technology is the core element to every thriving society, um, not just information technology from phones and computers. I'm talking things like forks and spoons, knives and things, things that make our lives easier. Things like we went from ports and carriage to cars and ships and airplanes and boats. These are all forms of technology that have taken our lives from one phase to another that allows us to become the better versions of our human selves. And so this is my love. This is why I love technology, not just the computers, but technology as a whole. Um, beyond that, I'm a martial artist. I'm a 20 year martial artist practicing, studying, teaching. It's what I do. It's in my heart. Um, beyond that, I love inspiring others pushing others to be the best versions of themselves possible. Um, that's why I'm here. That's what, this is what I love to do. I'm Shakima Dunlap and I'm his wife. That's one of my favorite things about my life right now. I love to be this man's wife. Um, I am a 17 year educator. I'm a veteran educator. I'm a high school English teacher um, for most of those years. I'm a two time national award winning educator. So I have had the pleasure of um, my ideas and my profession inside my expertise inside the classroom being honored on a national level level first um, in 2008 by the national council of teachers of english and then in 2011 by the milken educator award which is called the oscars of teaching and so i those are two of my biggest blessings beyond my children and being this man's wife. And so I love all things teaching. In 2017, I founded a Faye Academy of Teaching and Technology, and it is a K through 12 micro virtual school. And I serve black homeschooling, black and brown homeschooling families across the country. Uh, military families are the backbone of what I do. And so I'm just delighted to share with you a little bit about me and this journey that I have with this man. Um, as we are together, we are truly in it together. And a few years ago, I was actually a radio host back in our hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. So I'm delighted to try it again. Let's go. Let's do this. Sorry, y'all. I was having some technical difficulties, but now I'm back. Okay. <laughs> this is what happens when you catch it live. All right. So you, do we want to introduce our guest? So today we have Pastor David Cox and David, Mr. Pastor Cox is, we met him in Maynard. So um, Pastor Cox is a staple in the Maynard community and someone that when I actually launched uh, my Maynard ISC school board campaign, 
people told me, you probably want to know Pastor Cox. Pastor Cox is somebody who has his finger on the pulse of everything that is taking place in our community. And he's just, um, you know, gained a reputation of being somebody who's honest and trustworthy and, you know, filled, filled with integrity. And so Pastor Cox is the founder of Deliverance Worship Center which he started in July, 2017. Pastor, that's the same month and year that I started my academy. So I think that's kind of like not a coincidence. Oh, yeah. Not a coincidence. Amen. He's a proud father of two sons, two daughter-in-laws, and four grandchildren. His mission to his calling is to introduce Jesus to the world through the teaching of the word of God. And so welcome tonight to In It Together with the Dunlaps, Pastor David Cox. And we just want to hear a little bit more about you. And we brought you here to talk about vision, right? So tell us a little bit about you and your vision and how that vision brought you here to Maynard. Wow. Okay. <clears throat> Hello, everyone. Um, my, uh, what brought me to Texas? is uh uh i i was recruited actually by target uh corporation i came down accepted a management position in target and uh uh at the round rock store and i moved to we had our home built in round rock that's significant because how i got to Maynard was i was missing church and I was speaking to some of the neighbors about, I need to go to church. I haven't been to church since I moved to Maynard. It had been about two months since I had been to church. I had just came down, I've been working. I, I, I left the wife and kids at home in Detroit. I'm, I'm originally from Detroit. I left the wife and kids there because uh, uh, the kids weren't out of school yet. And so they were going to come down as soon as summer break hit. And uh, so I'm, I'm living uh, kind of a, a, a bachelor lonely life. Uh, and I'm telling my neighbors, I, I, I need to go to church. I need to go to church. And blah, blah, blah. So my neighbor just happened to be a member of Gildan Creek Third Baptist Church in Maine. And he said, well, you know what? If you don't mind following us on Sunday, you can just go to church with us. And and boy, from Round Rock to Maynard, at that time to me was woo. It was a woozy. I'm like all the way out here to go to church. It ain't. A, it's not a, a church closer than this. And so, uh, and they were laughing. They said, "Yeah, of course there is, but this is where we go." And so I uh, went, enjoyed service so much that we actually joined the church that day on our first trip there and uh now i get i have to admit i had only been saved for about a year at that time and i i think i was 33 at the time and uh so when i when uh we joined we wound up going to church and worshiping in Maynard now for the last 20 years. So that first day of following our neighbor to the, to Gildan Creek third, uh, wound up being our way and our, our, our method of worship out in Maynard, uh, in the Maynard community. Um, 
I became involved in all that the church was doing. Uh, and my pastor at the time, Pastor Bowser, <clears throat> who, who has passed on now, but he wanted me to be the liaison from the church to the community because they hadn't had one. So it was, it, it was about time. So he, he gave me these letters that had come from the school. He said, I need you to go to the, the superintendent wants to do a faith-based uh, alliance. And I want you to be the, our advocate that go to and speak on our behalf. And I began doing that. And that's how I fell in love with the people of Maine. Because I got to know so many of them, so many of them who were doing things in the community, such a nice knit, tight grip community. And as they embraced me, I embraced them. And we just began to feed off each other and work hard with each other and do the necessary things that need them. And this was 20 years ago. Now it's just, it's really just automatic. <laughs> so uh, that's kind of what, what brought us to, to, to Texas is different than what brought us to Maynard. Um, and if it wasn't for my wife, who uh, often compares herself to uh, the wife on Green Acres, uh, I, I, I took her out of the city life and brought her to, to the little country place here, you know, <laughs> then we would probably live in Maynard, right? <laughs> but Round Rock is a big enough city uh, for her uh, to, to do an even compromise with me. But you can't keep me out of Maynard. I'm always there. Anytime anybody needs anything, they can call me. I'm always there. And I can so identify with your wife. I mean, we're both from Atlanta. Actually, we're streaming live from Atlanta now. We came home for the holiday. And okay. Yeah. So um, I I I I forgot how big the city was until I came <laughs> back, and I was just I, I went down to Auburn Avenue yesterday to the curb market to get some things for Thanksgiving dinner, and I was just like, you know what? So much has changed in just a little four years since I've been um, in in Maynard. And yeah. I, one of the things that I um, recall was when I would come to visit him, when we were just dating, and I would come to visit him, and he was living in Austin in the city limits, and he would say, you know, if I ever buy a house, I'm going to this town called Maynard. And I was like, what is that? So one day I got in a, <laughs> I got in a lift when he was at work, and I had somebody take me to Maynard just to see what it was, and I saw fields and cows, <laughs> and I said, oh. <laughs> but I did see more black and brown people, though. So that yes. was plus. Because coming to yeah. coming to from Atlanta to Austin, I was just like, yo, ah. So I was thankful. I was thankful, and ultimately, ultimately, my daughter picked Maynard. Um, my daughter was going to tenth grade, so we knew like a sixteen year old in a bad mood can flip all this over. So let's just try to keep her complacent, and he allowed her to pick where she wanted to go to school. And she searched all the websites and didn't see anything that looked like diversity or representation until she got to Maynard and she said okay I, I want to go to that school system and that is how we moved to Maynard so oh. always had his eyes on Maynard even before oh, that's good. see that's good that's that's good for the city to know that uh people outside of Maynard has have been looking at Maynard for a long time 
you know, and it, it was great. Uh, I thought uh, for us to be involved in, in Maynard uh, was to try to bring what was ultimately going to happen to Maynard, right? To bring a sense of the big city to a, a town that really, when we got there, only had one traffic light. <laughs> 20 years ago, when we first got there, people were given directions like uh, turn left at the mailbox. You know, uh, uh, downtown Maynard, where you see the little four way where uh, uh, the restaurant and the, the, the auto mechanic shop is on the other corner there. I think the hotel and the gas station is there. There was no light there. There was like a four-way stop. So Maynard has grown a lot uh, and, and the growth spurt was fast. So we, I kind of knew what my mission was in the community early because we had the perspective of the big city. And we kind of help people adjust to it, and and boy, I mean, you 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 had those that that fight just like you do it with any change that comes along. But then you had most of the people that would embrace it and say, "Okay, let's do this. This is about growth. It's it's about furthering the cause because it was it's inevitable. You know, once the freeway started coming through there, it was inevitable. So." Maynard is a, a, a real good town, got a lot of good people, um, helpful people. You name the cause, they'll step up mm -hmm. and get it done. <laughs> you know, not, what, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was gonna, just going to say, they're not afraid to get it done and get their feet wet. You know, what's interesting is we, as we talk and I'm listening to all of the connections that kind of tie us together and work was one of the things that brought me to Texas as well. Um, I've been with a well-known retailer for a very long time since I still worked. I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to mention the name, but anybody that knows me know where I work. But even as a kid, you know, I know we talked about um, being about vision as a kid, somehow, some way I knew I was going to end up in Texas. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it's just that. But as, but as far as I can remember, I knew I was going to end up here somehow, some way. And I made my way here. And after, you know, spending about, you know, 10 to 12 years here, I remember driving through Maynard when it was just a two-lane road, when 290 was just two lanes. And um, I remember that single stoplight that you're talking about. And, yes. and, it, and it exploded. It, 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 it basically exploded. And one of my really good friends, um, he, he moved out to Maynard with his family and he had me over one night to watch the uh, UFC fights. And I really liked the area. I liked being away from all the hustle and bustle. And, and I kind of made the decision then that if I were to ever buy a home here, that this would be mostly where I was looking. So I kind of had my sights set out there just based on um, what I saw at that time. And, and when my, my friend had moved out there, it was really the only thing out there that was really notable was at Walmart. Um, but um, so it's interesting, you know, hearing us, you know, we, we're talking about vision. We're talking about the things that that we're having common here. And it's, it's amazing how we, we our backgrounds are virtually completely different. But there's so many 
key aspects that tie us together. So I think this is a fascinating conversation to kick things off. So I'm 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 I'm, I'm geeking already. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, it, it it is, and and even even being from being from a big city, uh, you think that you don't have much in common with folks that are from the rural area, but you do. They, they do the same things that we do. It's just on a different level. You know, we, we have, uh, you said, the hustle and bustle of city life, you know, uh, uh, massive transit systems and uh, uh, you, you're talking about shopping malls and, and you know, all of that. Before there, was, before there was a Walmart, you remember, Dante, nothing. <laughs> Zero. As a matter of fact, the people are still calling for HEB or something, you know, and because it's needed. Now that now that the rooftops are are getting uh, put in the community, it's time for these retailers to start thinking about Maynard because that that is a staple here in uh, the Texas Austin area, Austin Texas area. And what I like about what you said was the fact that. People understand that we're not from here, but you've had your eyes and sights set on Maynard. And so those that, that have been here, I'm talking about the Maynard born, born and bred, those folks will hear you say that and be like, well, he saw what he liked in us enough to move here. Because that's what you saw. Absolutely. You saw the Mainer people doing Mainer things. You know, the area was, was rural. You were tired of the big city life. And this Mainer was where you wanted to settle. And, and that's a testament to the people that, that grew up here generationally because that set the tone for you to want to be here and, and to have that vision for yourself to be here. Um, my vision came after uh, I began to serve uh, the church in Maynard. And I began to uh, look at the people and look at what they were doing. And I remember God expressing to me that, okay. It's time to corral around everything that they're doing, embracing what they're doing. And some of it needed to be fine-tuned. So some of the projects that I've been a, a, a part of, we had to fine-tune them, maybe uh, put a little progression to them. But that's all about progress, right? And that's what the... That's what the uh, the vision was all about. If the vision for me was about bringing progress to a smaller city, not as massive as say in Atlanta or Detroit, but on their own level. You know what I mean? And and that's what that's what I liked about Maynard because they were open to it. They were open to it. You know, the uh, vision, unity community i believe all of those things should be led by the church 
Churches are the pillars of communities. And those, the words that come out of these churches have to be honest with no agendas other than the fact that I want to see people getting along on one accord. Let's get out here in it. Let, you know, you see people hungry, let's feed them. You know, folks, folks could come to the church and say they were hungry. We had freezers full of food that people had donated. We would just make boxes and give to folks. And, and it didn't matter. If we seen you last week, we saw you last week. If, if you know, however many times you came, you came. Folks were like, well, they're, they're just taking advantage. I'm like, if they're hungry, they're hungry. I'm not there in their household enough. So let us just, and when we put out the, the notice for donations, they came from everywhere. So you're talking to the, not only was the vision coming to pass of all of us working together, but we were also doing a good job for the community. It was, it was great. It was great. And uh, I ultimately, uh, you all may know this, I ultimately became the pastor of Gildon Creek Third in 2014. Um, and Gildon Creek Third is probably the biggest uh, Baptist church in Maine. And we had a beautiful congregation. You're talking about beautiful people that go there. They really, really, if, if there's a need, they're on, you know. And I pastored there for three years, and God says, okay, now it's time to do what we came to do. We have to teach the word of God because I need people to be on the same page as I'm telling them to be on. Not what they figure the word of God to be, but what I'm going to tell them the word of God to be. And here's, here's where the vision got difficult because I had served with uh, the people at Gildon Creek Third, not as pastor, but my entire tenure there. I'd been there 14 years. When God said, okay, it's time. It's time to do DWC. And I'm like, huh? I'm like, I'm the whole pastor of this church here. He said, I know I got another one. Don't worry about it. But I got something else for you. I said, okay. And it, 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 it all just gelled together. You know, he said, there's going to be bumps and bruises. You're going you're gonna to have some gains and some losses but I want you to know you're in lockstep with me. And I said, okay. And that's how Deliverance Worship Center came about because we wanted to be a church that was open, not only to uh, our culture, but to all, everybody. When you talk about the word of God, it's not, it's just not meant for, for white people, black people, brown people, it's meant for everybody. So we wanted to be all inclusive. So sometimes 
when you put the tag uh, of being a Baptist church, that tag tells people, okay, that's black. And I thought that limited us in a, in, in a negative sense because we had people move into the area like you guys. There's also people that came out of California, people that came out of Detroit, you know, and we, we didn't want to run them away. We had plenty of visitors that would not stay because we had the Baptist tag. And, oh, well, they believe like this. And they No, we believe in Jesus. It's, it's all the same. But that's where the teaching comes in. The, the vision of teaching was what, I was, uh, was what I was given so that folks would know Jesus for themselves. So, Pastor Cox, I do have a question. You know, you brought up some interesting concepts. You know, when you know, you spoke about some of the challenges that you came up against. So when your vision and reality collide, how did you reconcile that? To, well, keep, to keep motivated and inspired to do what you, what you know that you're called to do. And it, 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 it's difficult because when it happens in real time, it's like, oh, they shooting at me. They shooting me down. It takes a lot of prayer it takes a lot of communication with God to continue, to keep going, to go forward. Um, that was my motivation was to make sure that I pleased God. That was all the motivation I needed. And at times, you wouldn't see the results right away. At times, you would see a lot of resistance you know people turning their back on you people saying uh nasty things about you um i can remember uh the phone got real silent at one time because this is all because of the vision right the phone got real silent nobody called for maybe probably about three weeks and I'm like, okay, God, am I doing the right thing here? And he says, stay the course. Stay the course. And then negativity start coming out. Well, he's this, he's that, he's that. And this one lady told me, she said, you know, I heard rumors about you. I said, yeah. She said, yeah. She said, but. Me and a bunch of other people said that that's not the version of you we know. And nobody can be how you've been for 15, 14, 15 years. And then all of a sudden, you change up. She said, that had to be something else. I said, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am, it was. I said, but during the time, you don't feel nobody's in your corner. You don't feel that unity that we're talking about. You don't feel that 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 sense of community and, and the people rallying around you. 
at that time. You feel all alone. And I did. I, I felt I felt alone in some of those uh, some of those dark times. But to to stay motivated uh, to your question is was for me to get closer to God, not farther away from. Him. And I just stuck it out. We we also did have <clears throat> a lot of some of the Mainer folk who were pillars of the Mainer community come out and advocate for me as well. And Shakima, you can you can probably relate to that with uh, your your recent running. Yes. You know, when when the folks when the when the when the pillars come out for you it makes a difference and it changes changes some minds and that's and that's good to be who you are all the time so that when somebody tries to portray you as something else folks say no 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 wait a minute now i i got to investigate what you're saying cuz that's not the version of them i know right and so that that's what that was for me, Dante. You know, you you mentioned some stuff that it's being a leader is hard. Being out front is difficult when you're the leader and you're in, you're trying to inspire people to do things and convince them that it's worth it to take on these endeavors. And when people speak against you, it's really difficult to take to not take that stuff personal. That's as a leader, that's been the hardest part for me when. You don't get consent. You don't get buy-in off the bat, and you may get some negative response. You know, it's hard to take that stuff personally, especially when you're the face, when you're the one where everybody's talking about. When nobody, nobody ever really thinks that there's it's more than just you, but you're the one out front. And sometimes that's the most challenging part is being out there. And that's you know, and I relate to everything you're saying because putting yourself out front as the leader, as the one who says who's the who's basically leading a charge and, you know, and deciding what's worth it to pursue, you know, and when you have naysayers and people who are thinking that you're going in the wrong direction, it's really difficult, especially when they have loud voices and a large following um, that will speak against you. And so it's really difficult to stay on vision, to stay on point. And it was really great to hear you describe some of the, um, the methods that you took, the some of the routes that you took to keep yourself focused, keep yourself grounded, and stay the course. Um, and 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 a lot of people who step into leadership don't really understand that until <coughs> they've had that great a pushback. Is the way I'll describe it. When you have people who don't immediately agree, even with all the good in your heart, they don't necessarily agree with what you're doing. Um, and so. It's always interesting to be able to take a step back, not take it personal, ground yourself in, you know, ground yourself in God and, and continue to move forward um, and, and stay on purpose, stay on point, no matter what's being said. That's the, that's one thing as a leader, um, as a, as a, as a leader, as a teacher, as a father, as a husband that I found to be sometimes really, really difficult, especially when you have, like I said, when you have conflict and opinions trying to sway you in one direction or the other. That's right. You 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 imagine this, and 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 this is an, another thing that that kept me focused. If I succumb to what they're saying, even in anger or 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 backlash, then what they're saying about me becomes true. You know you know what I mean. It, I never have to defend a lie. 
I don't have to defend that. You tell the truth about me, then then maybe I have to do some clarification on some things, but I don't have to defend a lie at all, ever. And so when when you begin to try to fight every little fire that comes along, it's just like that, it's just like that crack in the dam, right? You put your finger on it and another crack comes on, on the, in the other corner. And then now you got two fingers and now it's a crack up top. You know, it. you might as well just let the thing crumble and then let the people see how you rebuild. Yes. And that's where, that's where integrity and character will be displayed. Absolutely. I agree. Um, when in my world, we call what you just described, putting out fires. I work in, you know, one of my primary jobs is IT support. I take care of, I take, make sure everybody can do what they need to do. And sometimes in the midst of doing that, there are other things that come up that aren't planned for. And again, like you said, you're trying to plug these holes or put out these proverbial fires everywhere. And sometimes you can get off purpose. You can get yeah. off task. You can get off focus when you become a fireman. And it's really difficult. And so that's where good partnerships come into play, where you can kind of say, hey, man, hey, 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 um, team member here, team member there, can you manage this while I take care of this. I need some support. I need some help here. I need some help here. I need you to put out this fire. You put out this fire. So always having, uh, you know, beyond having your vision, having a strong team behind you to support that vision so you can, so you can move. So we do what, what they call cover and move. Well, one person got you covered while you move on and do something else. So um, I really, I'm really, really, I was really, really happy to hear you say that because it, like I said, as a leader, that's one thing you have to do is juggle responsibilities. And if you aren't good at delegating or asking for help, you'll find yourself as a fireman and off your purpose. And before you Absolutely. know it, you're lost. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. That, that That's it. You, you guys experienced a lot <clears throat> this uh, past election cycle. So, you, you know, you, you got a taste of, of, of who Maynard is and, and who Maynard could be. Uh, you did more good than you probably know. You know, uh, the, I think one of the first things I told you, Shakima, was that no, you really won. You know, even the, the election didn't reflect it, but what you accomplished was a win. It really was. And, and you allow people to know that there's a difference. And that's, that's what we have to do as community members. Embrace the differences in one another and use those differences to be strengths. That's, what, that's what's gonna carry us into the next level that, and carry and continue this movement forward. If I can use your strengths uh, to be a catalyst to the next level, then we're, man, there's nothing that could hold us back. That's the reason, that's the reason God has always told us to be on one accord. Right? Be on one accord because nothing can get through a solid fist. You have your, your fingers open as individuals, one can break. But a solid this hard to penetrate and that's what the 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 a unified uh body of people can do yeah. and that's 
That's why I say it needs to be taught from the church that way. Thank you for um, thank you for affirming me, Pastor Cox. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, I think, you know, too many times the people who want to do good are fighting it individually, but the people who would do bad or the people who would do nothing are more unified, right? And so it's not that good people don't care. It's not that there are people out there who don't want um, to um, affect positive change. It's just that sometimes it's much harder to like garner that support system. But people who are wanting to do bad, like they're always around, like willing to connect with each other, like you never see a lonely alcoholic. There are always other alcoholics around. Like, if I got to drink, you got to drink, right? That's but when right. you're trying to do good, you know, sometimes it's like, well, I don't want, I don't know if I have time for that. Or I don't know if I want to participate in that. Like, come talk to me after you do, like, after I see you winning, then yeah. I want to join, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for me, you know, that's that's been one of the hardest, um, I would say, parts of my walk. Because we're talking about, you know, writing vision tonight. And, like, being a visionary can be so lonely. That's not even something that we talk about a lot, but like being a visionary can be so lonely because sometimes you're the one who has to show people that different is possible, right? But yes. initially they're ridiculing you. Like when you're when you're doing it, they're like, yeah, but no, I don't, we don't really see a value for that. Or, um, you know, maybe you're doing too much or that's just a little bit, that's just extra, right? Yeah. And it sometimes it takes years for people to catch up, you know, and I've always... You know, I, I say to myself, it's okay. You know, some people and some things and some ideas, some concepts are best understood in hindsight, right? So it may take years for them to say, you know what? That that crazy lady, she might've been on to something, you know? <laughs> That's like the blessing and the curse. Like you can see afar off. You can see like, okay, in the next three years, this is going to be an issue. Yeah. But for right now, people are so, they're focused on fixing the issues that are like right in front of them, you know? Yeah. So how um how do you because obviously for you to feel that god called you to start your own ministry like how do you deal with those lonely moments as a visionary when you can see it so clearly like it's so clear to you you know what's coming what has to be done it's like you're a watchman on the wall and you're telling people like okay it's gonna rain but right now they've never seen rain yes how do you how do you handle those lonely moments like what is your encouragement for the people who they have a vision for something, but they're afraid to step out of the boat because they know that they don't have a support system around them who can catch that vision and walk it out with them. Absolutely. You you have, <clears throat> for me, I've been blessed enough to have a, a cast of people who, who spent uh, the better part of my ministry years with me, right? Uh, when it was, when it was time for me to depart from uh, Gildan Creek Third as the pastor, and I stepped down. Um, I most of all the ministers came with me, but one, and and he stayed, I believe, because he was going to be the interim pastor. Um, and all the deacons, but two. And these are people. I'm saying that to say. These are people that saw me grow in a church that they grew up in. So I, they didn't know me as a liar. They didn't know me as some womanizer. They didn't know me as a thief or a robber. They knew me for the man of God that I proclaimed to be. 
When you need me, I'm showing up. You need to, you need to pray, let's pray. You're in the hospital, I'm coming. You, 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 uh, your lights off, I'll be over. We're going to light some candles if I ain't got the money to help you pay. You know, whatever the case is, but we're about to pray about this thing. And so folks actually gravitated to the message because they saw me live. And so those lonely moments uh, that you speak of are a little easier than they used to be today. Before I was out there all by myself, when I first started introducing uh, Jesus to the world and I'm, and I'm telling the truth of the gospel, uh, you know, just like I know, that people can have their own mind made up as to what the gospel means and says. So when you're telling them what actual scripture means, and they're like, oh no, we never heard that from grandpa, or, you know, Mima never said that. And I'm telling them, well, this is what it's saying. And let me take you to other scripture and show you. And these are just the parallels uh, of, of how I got lonely. Because as I was a brother Cox, when I first came into the church, I was quiet, go along, get along, seeing what I was into, because I had just gotten saved. As I learned more, I became a deacon, and now I'm teaching classes. And I'm like, well, hold on. This don't match with this. You know, I don't, I don't see our lives matching up to the words in which I'm reading in this Bible. And so that's where the basis of my ministry came, came from about introducing Jesus to the world. Because folk, folk had an idea of who Jesus is, but they don't know literally what he wants from them. Right? So I got lonely because I'm introducing this new concept to them, so to speak. And this new concept uh, to the people was like, well, no, that's not, that's not traditionally what we've always heard. I'm like, well, listen to it. Listen to what the words say. And then let's go back to, to Genesis or, and, and so as I began to prove what the word says, the, long, the more lonelier I got. And that was in the beginning. And during those, during those rough times, uh, you really do have to rely on the fact that, of what you were called to do. And I guess my personality had a lot to do with it too. Because I am a very tenacious person. I'm, I'm very, uh, uh, that was a nice way of saying stubborn. <laughs> the, my members would tell you they are stubborn. <laughs> you know? But when I know when God has told me to do something, I'm not going to veer. And it took 
now the members of DWC, the Deliverance Worship Center, it took them some time to see that when I stand fast on that wall that you were talking about, things that I've said have come to pass. So now it's a lot easier, even when it's unpopular, it's a lot easier because they'll look at my past resume and remember, oh, you know, you know when he said this, that happened. You know when he said that, that happened. Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. When I was a pastor at Gildan Creek 3rd, I, I told them, we are going to take a church trip. And they said, a church trip? I said, yes, we're going to take a church trip. It's going to cost uh, $29 for each person. And not one of you people are going to have to pay anything. they like, what? You're going to take it out to church treasury? I said, nope. Y'all know I don't have the authority to do that. So you just leave it to me. So we're just going about worshiping, worshiping, worshiping. And time came to, <clears throat> it was time to go on our church trip. All expenses was paid. And the one lady who, who grew up there, she came up to me and she said, my husband asked me, how did you do this? I said, listen, all you ever got to do is ask people to do something for you. They either going to say yes or no. But don't be afraid to ask. And so I was alone. During this whole time, I'm telling them, you ain't got to pay nothing. You ain't got to pay nothing. But they were, they wanted to go, but they didn't want to have to pay anything. So I'm all by myself. And I, and I would get to it. And we all went on the trip. We had a great time. I told them all you need is just own spending money and your food. And everything else is covered. And I think that they were able to see my faith level at that point because I didn't know how I was going to get it done. I just knew it was going to happen. And it wound up happening and, and it showed a lot of people uh, exactly what my character was because I, if I say it, I'm going to work hard at it to, to make it happen. It's, the, it, it, it's, it, it's something devastating got to happen for it not to happen. <laughs> you know so i that i guess that kind of explains the the lonely piece mm -hmm. my my attitude is like i'm gonna get this done for god and uh if your follow-up question would be have you always been that way no but i've always been stubborn I've always been stubborn about the wrong things before God. So, so, so I always attribute the fact that, that I'm spiritually stubborn now for the Lord. Because I'm going to stand there until he tells me, until, until you bless me. Uh, with Jacob, tell him I ain't letting go until you bless me. And that's exactly what the way I am today. So I, 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 I know that we, we have uh, built up 
a, a good rapport with the community of Maynard. Um, and I, I won't do anything to tarnish that because that, that means the world to me. Um, before the pandemic, I think I was talking to you about this before, before the pandemic, we were, we were very active in the community. You, you, there wasn't an event that we weren't at uh, in Maynard. But during the, dur during the pandemic, we really had to slow things down and shut things down a little bit for the health of some of our people. You know, we lost uh, uh, my pastor who, who had become a member of my founding church. So we lost him during that time, uh, not to COVID, but uh, uh, to, to diabetes. But a lot of the folks were sick like that. So we had to really take into account uh, their underlying uh, 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 illnesses and their comorbidities versus the pandemic and what's going on, even though I wanted to keep going. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, the police had to shut us down out of my house because we were, we were still having church and gatherings at my house and the police came and shut us down. And that's how, that's how bad I wanted to keep it going because people were, were learning and they're gaining uh, confidence in what God is saying. Uh, but the rapport that we have now uh, stems from the hard work that we've put in pre-pandemic. We were at a dinner, my wife and I were at a dinner a couple, couple weeks ago and uh, some of the folks from Maine or some of the community leaders from Maine were there and they were like, oh, wow, Pastor Cox, you're a sight for sore eyes. We haven't seen you since before COVID hit. I'm like, well, now that is kind of tampering out a little bit, we're trying to get back out into the community and do a lot more things now, you know, but it was good to know that they hadn't forgotten us. Well, we're glad you're our first guest. So, <laughs> I'm honored. I'm honored. To we're be glad you're our first guest. Mr. Dunlap, the leader of our home and the leader of my life, would you be willing to close us out tonight? Last question, final thoughts? Well, I just had a comment. I, no, no real question. Um, you know, you mentioned about being lonely and um, about, you know, people about when you when you are, I'll just say it, conviction scares people. Yeah. When you stand with conviction, when you stand on your square, and you you see the vision clear, you're going to have people who are going to doubt you. It is not that they doubt you. They're kind of scared of you because they're, you know, most people are, what I found is that a lot of people are afraid of those who don't bend, who don't go with the crowd. Because, you know, everybody, you know, if everybody else is doing it, you should too. But when you stand on your square and you and you live with conviction, that drives people away until, again, like we said, everybody loves a winner, right? Until they start to see you come around you know that was one of the things that i would tell shakima at the beginning of her campaign um you know when she was feeling doubtful i would tell her just stay on point just stay on purpose the right ears are going to hear you stay yeah. on your convictions stay on your path and the right people are going to come to you just don't waver don't succumb to the pressure stay on your square and as a relative unknown to the community, when you look at the number of votes she was able to obtain through a grassroots campaign, 
that that just speaks volumes. And the way I look at it is like she fought, she basically went in the ring with the champion and took the champion to a split decision. So she deserved her run back. So that's, I see the win in that. (laughs) And, you know, when she was expected to be dominated, she was nowhere even close to being dominated. And I think that is a victory in and of itself. And I cheer her on. I'm her biggest supporter and I always and forever will be. Um, but just that conviction she came with, the, the the topic she came with turned a lot of people off because they didn't understand. But once they started, once they started seeing other people listen to her and speak yes. on her behalf yes. um, and, and really, really champion her what she's talking about and reach, because sometimes it takes the right voice to reach you. And yes. it may not be the initial voice that you hear, but a supporting voice that says the right words that are get that wheel turning. And that's what I believe hit that tipping point for her was people. People talking to other people who could speak the same language and like, oh, that's what she meant. Oh, really? That Oh, wow. And so and I think that's where it turned that tide from somebody who, again, from a totally different city, totally different mindset, was able to bring forth a whole group of people in a, in a very in a relatively small community compared to the, compared to Austin. And yeah. again, build a massive following you know, relative to the amount of people in that city. And so I, I salute her. I tip my hat to her. In my mind, she won. Cause I'm like, you took them, you took her, you took them deep. They had to pull out all the stops for you. And that's for somebody right. That's brand new to it. That's a, that's a victory in and of itself. And so right. um, I just really wanted to kind of just hone in on that piece about conviction, stand on your square, understanding that not everybody's going to understand you in the beginning, but the movement, Will continue the momentum will catch and eventually the ears that didn't listen before will begin to at least start to see and once they start to see they'll start to listen because everybody goes with the eyes nobody really goes by the ear they go by the eyes and so once they see you then they'll start to listen and see they couldn't put the two together but once they started to see the motion that's when the wave started to build and the momentum started to gather so i totally agree I've seen it in real time. I preached it to my wife and I pushed her to it um, as best I could. Um, and the results of, you know, I, I saw, again, it was that I saw it. I, I, I had that vision in the moment. And I think that's where it helped her stay motivated. Um, and that's what you're supposed to do with your partner is to keep each other motivated by seeing the things that sometimes they don't. That's so. right. That's right. You got some real good, good people in the Mainer community. I mean, they're, they are awesome. You know, just, just to see, um, I'm going to make this last statement. This time of year is Thanksgiving as the seasons, uh, 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 the holiday season is upon us. And you see everybody smiling. You know, I, I'm, in, I'm in four or five different stores today and there was long lines. And I don't like long lines. Nobody does. But you didn't mind today because of the smiles and the conversations that were going on in the stores. And it was just the feeling of the holiday seasons being up on you. And you, you want to be able to bottle that up to distribute it all year long, year in, year out. And I believe that the community of Maynard has embraced that. They really have. And I'm not talking about bad apples and things like that. You're always going to have those uh, negative nannies and stuff like that. But we're talking about Maynard as a whole got some great folks out there who really want to do 
a lot of good things and and they will gravitate to that positive message. That's why we're still there. That's why we still call Mainer home. And we are proud to call Mainer home too. This has been the Dunlaps. This is our first episode of In It Together with the Dunlaps. Our special guest for tonight was Pastor David Cox. Y'all, we did it. This was our first one. Thank you to those who joined. I see Councilwoman Sonia Wallace is in the chat. Welcome, Councilwoman Wallace. Thank you for the tremendous work you do on behalf of of, of us as citizens of Maynard, but on behalf of everybody in Maynard, you are one of those pillars in our community. And, and we thank you for all of the work that you do um, and your resilience. She does a lot. She right? does a lot. Resilience. You continue to show up and you continue to do the good work um, and you continue to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. And that's really what God requires of us. So yeah. I want to celebrate you for joining us tonight. Um, y'all again next Tuesday same bad channel same bad time six <laughs> at a time here on Facebook live I'm Shakima Dunlap Deontay Dunlap we are the Dunlaps and we are in it together thank you for your time tonight see you next time thanks y'all God bless <laughs>